Hello, my friends, and welcome to the first ever Daily Gator Quick Thoughts. Um, I'm going to use these to uh, do a little short podcast because I don't have time. I don't know what, uh, what my future duties and responsibilities and things will be going through this with my mom. Uh, I'll give an update in a day or two on the Daily Gator, DailyGator.net. Uh, about uh, you know what I expect and what I see moving forward, uh, this week will determine a lot because a I have to know that she's going to go back to dialysis and continue to go so she can get treatment. Uh, we will see, we will see, and then I'll make a decision on a lot of other things. But let's get to the quick thoughts, my friends. Uh, this is also to uh, get that other stuff, the unpleasant things and all that, off my mind, hopefully. I'm hoping. That's all I do, right? It's just to hope. Uh, but let's get to the content, my friends. Uh, Victory Girls had a, a really, <laughs> uh, back on the 17th, a little over a week ago, had a nice, some nice thoughts on the uh, fossil fuel fuel. In, uh, in New York City, and uh, who is this writing this piece? Oh, goodness gracious. Which victory girl is it? There's so many of them, and they're also awesome. Tony Williams is the one writing this piece. And she writes, Don't you think that New York City has enough problems, really? Thousands of total fools are expected to march in New York City to demand that Joe Biden, that's right, President Mumbles, end the use of fossil fuels. We're so far away from being able to do that seamlessly. And these fools, a fool's perfect word for them. They just don't get it. They never will. Um, you and I may know that the joke is on them, but they vote and breed. And I don't want you to scarier. So we should be wary. Did I mention that the United Nations Climate Ambition Summit, that's the UNCAS, and it's filled probably with a bunch of pompous ASSs, uh, <laughs> uh, they're going to meet New York City to discuss the latest scientific findings. I think I just heard myself laughing, she writes. Let's all waste a bunch of fuel flying to New York City so that we can listen to a bunch of scientists uh, that we own tell us what we told them to say. Again, this is the biggest circle jerk I've, I've ever even contemplated. And these morons marching, they don't know. I'm sure they have good intentions. Some are radical. Some are just looking for things to do, but really. Most of them don't know their you-know-what from a hole in the ground. Uh, here's one thing. We need clean air, not another billionaire. That's these idiotic things that these leftists chant. They love rhyming. They do it kind of, sort of well. And this is the latest. We need clean air, not a billionaire. Uh, that's just one of the inspiring chants being bullhorned out to the sheep. Filming on their mobile phones, made with fossil fuels, by the way, and wearing athletic shoes, which are made with, that's right, fossil fuels. In fact, so much of their life is, is deal, deals with fossil fuels and the use of fossil fuels. And they don't even understand 
if they got what they think they wanted, they would be the biggest whiners, the biggest crybabies, and they would be dearly upset. Here's another one. Exxon Mobil BP Shell. Take your oil and go to hell. Okay. Uh, and again, uh, would the protesters go to hell and, pot and uh, protest? Uh, they are so lost, these poor little clueless lambs. Here's from NPR. That's uh, National Pubic Radio. I'm sorry, Public Radio. Uh, Helen Mancini remembers the last major climate march in New York City when the, when the then-teenage activist Greta Thunberg uh, spoke to a crowd of thousands demanding world leaders take action on global warming and sing, How dare you! Probably many times. Mancini was in middle school at the time. She remembers turning to her parents in frustration. And I just looked at him and I was like, How could you not dedicate your lives to stopping this? She said. I hope she had parents that were smart enough to say, sit down, shut up, finish your homework, and sit, quit sending texts to that boy. We don't like him. He's a Democrat, you know. Her folks couldn't dedicate their lives to stopping this because they were earning money to afford her privileged lifestyle. Stupid fossil fuel fool. Young Helen is on loan. Bree Campbell is also a teen organizer. And I can't take you seriously if your name's Bree, okay? You're, you're named after a cheese, but you're not spelled the same as the cheese is spelled. Something smells of rotten cheese to me with that. 17-year-old Bree Campbell is a representative of the New York City chapter of the Fridays for Future group. They emphasize the motivation behind the march. Campbell expressed the feelings of betrayal many youths are experiencing, given that they heavily support President Biden, heavily supported Biden during his electoral campaign. Well, it's good you support him because he falls down if you don't. Or he may fall up the stairs. I, I don't know. Uh, we are marching to make it clear to President Biden that he is betraying the very youth who helped him get into office in the first place. We are marching to make him see us and to make him act on his promises. In fairness, the president mumbles. He doesn't remember his promises. And if you don't know by now, he doesn't give the first flying you-know-what about you, you little brats. As, uh, as a writer notes here, Biden will get right back to you on that after he lets down the unions and the fools he promised student loan forgiveness to. So many people fooled in so little time. The beach is calling you lying dog-faced pony soldiers. But it's not just indoctrinated children who will be leading this march. Oh, no, 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 no. Aging Hollywood elites uh, trying to stay relevant. Uh, this is from Earth Snap. Organized predominantly by youth-centric groups, prominent among them being Greta Thunberg's Fridays for Future movement, the rally's objective has secured endorsements from an impressive roster of over 500 organizers, organizations, rather, excuse me. Noteworthy among these supporters of the Sierra Club and the Sunrise Movement. Is there a sunset movement, too? Well, that's racist. Why are you exclusive? Why can't you include the sunset people? Bigots. Moreover, the march to end fossil fuels has drawn endorsements from the Hollywood elite. I'm not sure anyone's Hollywood elite anymore. I think Hollywood's kind of 
Uh, come to the point of getting locked out of the house and give me your keys, please. All right, now piss off and go away and don't come back. Moreover, the march to end fossil fuels has drawn endorsements from the Hollywood elite. I repeat that because they're so elite. Including notable figures such as Mark Ruffalo. He's named after potato chips. It's like we saw Buffalo eating Ruffles chips. It would be a Ruffalo. I can't take him seriously. He is a good actor, but otherwise, no. Jeremy Strong. Jane Fonda. That's right, that anti-American biatch. And Edward Norton. Man, he was a great actor at one time. Is he just retired now or doing things behind the scenes? I haven't seen a movie with him in a long time. He's a really good actor. And apparently an idiot. Uh, their support amplifies the voice of the movement and adds to the urgency of the issue. And you can go read the rest at victorygirlsblog.com uh, slash fossil fuel fools on the march in NYC. Good piece. And these people never learn. You know what we need as far as energy? You know what we really need to hear about right now? Because, well, we got it from hopefully as our next president. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, he, he announced in Texas recently his plan for energy after he is elected, if he is. Uh, $2 a gallon gasoline. I could go for that. And more U.S. fuel production. What we should have never stopped doing, President Mumbles, but he did. In fact, I think kicking the Keystone Pipeline out of the way was President Mumbles' first act. First executive order. Uh, he plan, his plan promises to bring gas prices down to two bucks a gallon by 2025. And this was on a Texas tour with a speech in oil centric city. So basically, he wants to, uh, you know, drill, maybe drill, and do a lot of the things that Trump did. And good, Trump was very effective. We were energy independent, now we're totally effed. Um, on energy, frankly. So, you might want to go to his website, check out the plan, see what you think. Uh, I wish a lot of people would drop out of the Republican primary. Chris Christie, talking to you. Uh, same with you, Vivek. And uh, good infomercials. Vivek Ramaswamy is an infomercial kind of guy. I don't, I don't dislike the guy. He has a lot of great things he said. But no, for president. Actually, the one I may like the most, outside of uh, DeSantis, and DeSantis has one sterling record. Look at his record. He's already done things. If they people have done things in the past, they might do them in the future. You might want to think that one out, voters. But the governor of North Dakota, this guy seems like a really good selling guy. Of course, he has no prayer because most people in North Dakota, is that even so state? There's a territory. I don't know. I don't know. It's really cold. That's all I know. But anyway, let's move on to uh, gun safety. And I found this uh, in my bookmarks from a long time ago. Marsha D. Rollerson, MD, uh, she had a piece in the AAP.org newsroom. Now, the AAP, you don't know what that means, do you? You really don't. Well, it's a medical group, American Academy of Pediatrics. And she had a piece um, 
entitled Keep Guns Out of the Hands of Children. This is the same rhetoric we're here today from the left. But they never, they never ever read what they write, and someone should sit them down and explain them and go, excuse me, you're lecturing other people, but you don't know how to be safe with guns. If you're really serious about it, which she probably isn't. She writes, children are naturally curious about everything around them. It's an essential part of how they learn, but at times leads to danger. Danger, Will Robinson, danger. You know that kind of danger. Dangerous. Dangerously dangerous danger. Household objects they find fascinating, such as electrical outlets. That was a big one for me. It was, I have to say. Uh, brightly colored detergent packets and flavored uh, refills for electronic cigarettes or even buckets of water, for example, can hurt or even kill them. My curious to a fault son, Aaron, she writes, once drank minerals, mineral spirits that had turned to pretty colors in the paintbrush when he was a child. I bet he didn't drink much of it. I forget what I... Uh, my mom used to soak uh, the tea pitcher with just a little bit of water, or a lot of water, it was full, and just a little bit of tea. Not tea, but uh, I'm sorry. Uh, bleach. So I was thirsty. I've been outside playing. I came in. She had that soaking in the sink, so I picked up and took a sip out of it. Ugh, God, it tasted like hell. And I freaked out because I thought I'd drink bleach and I was going to die or something. Um, but see, kids do stupid things. They're kids. They're children. Another reason why we shouldn't let them pick a gender when they're drinking bleach water. I'm just saying. Or mineral spirits. But you have to watch kids. You have to be diligent. You have to be diligent. The left fails on this. I'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, another time he climbed to the top of a 20-foot tower. Here's my question. I don't know how tall, how old he was when he climbed to the top of a 20-foot tower. But if he was really little, where the hell were you, Mom? Or Dad, or Uncle, or Grandpa, somebody. You can't give kids too much room or they'll get in bad trouble. I used to watch my niece all the time, and there's a lot of times... Uh, that she would have probably tried to do something if I wasn't right there. And she was bad with the electrical outlets, too. And the main fascination was when she was really little, you have the plastic pieces you put in there so they can't stick anything in the outlet. Her thing was taking them out and putting them in her mouth. So that was, that was its own hell. Uh, let me see. He even ate a roach given to him by his mischievous older sister. When he was still in diapers, he could run faster than me. At a friend's lake house, he got out the door and ran down a dock with me in hot pursuit. I watched in horror as he jumped into 15 feet of water. He came up laughing as a friend lifted him up to me. Well, again, why do you have the doors where he can run out? You weren't being a very responsible person, were you? And you're lecturing everyone else on gun safety. That's interesting. But one event is forever etched in her memory. She was in medical school at the time. She's a doctor, you know. And she came home from class, she writes, and was looking for my active four-year-old. I found him sitting on the floor in his grandmother's bedroom, playing with a loaded handgun. Somehow, she says, she remained calm and said, hand me the gun, please. And he did. Now, besides this story having a 98% chance of being total and complete and absolute bullshit, let's examine it. You come home from class, you're looking for your four-year-old, 
and excuse me, but uh, apparently he was in his grandmother's bedroom. Who was supposed to be watching this four-year-old child? Because four-year-olds, if you don't have your eyes on them, they can get in bad stuff really quick. Okay? Believe me. I spent a huge amount of time on my knees. I spent with other kids, too. Um, what, what was someone doing? Why, why wasn't he being watched? And why, if you're so safe, were you? did you have him in a home where there was a loaded handgun? Wouldn't, wouldn't that have been something that a saint like you, Dr. Doctor preached to all of us, would have insisted that the gun be locked up in a safe, something? Maybe put someone over the child could not possibly get it? So it sounds like the person being unsafe wasn't a law-abiding gun owner. It was you. So why don't you look in the mirror and slap yourself a couple times, Doctor? Now, research shows that a handgun in a home is more likely to injure or kill a family member than to thwart an intruder. Uh, I don't know. I would say I've looked at the accidental death rate of firearms. It's really low. Really low. Really low. Um, so I know there's a lot of self-defense uses by homeowners. I mean a lot. is in an astounding number. Uh, I would say total defensive gun uses, which could be any less shooting someone who comes in your home, uh, pointing a gun at someone in your home, uh, if you're a concealed carry, defending yourself there. It could be a lot of things. But the number is over 2 million a year, and there's different numbers. And yes, one of those numbers that uh, said handgun or pistol, guns rather, privately owned guns are used at least, at least as many times to stop a violent crime as to victimize an innocent person. So, and that was from the, uh, that's right, the Center for Disease Control. Uh, Barack Obama ordered the, uh, the investigation by the CDC into gun violence, as they call it now. And what they found, the media never reported because it didn't show what they thought it might show. So they didn't cover it because they're the media. They're the, they're the adult voice in the room. Uh, but on the story about the little boy, four-year-old, that no one's watching apparently, playing with a loaded gun, uh, we didn't know that my mother-in-law kept a gun on her bedside table. Why didn't you? Wouldn't you answer that question? This is such an important thing. You just take it for granted. Somebody needs to be taught safety, and it needs to be you. You don't need to be preaching it, lady. You don't need to be teaching it because you don't know it. You need to actually learn to walk the walk before you flap your gums. My husband's father had been a plain close policeman for the Miami Police Force. One of the original Miami Vice. You know she's making this up. You know that, right? A few years after his death, my mother-in-law came to live with us. She was a big help when I was in medical school. Bad. She couldn't be watching her grandchild, apparently. She didn't know how to shoot the gun, and we didn't know she had it. Ah. Today, it is kept unloaded in a locked drawer and has never been fired. Every time I hear of an accidental shooting of a child, I have a flashback to Aaron sitting in the floor with that gun. The story she just made up. Ah. I recommend to my families to just not have a gun in the house. Maybe put it in the doghouse or something, the garage, I don't know. 
Research shows that a handgun in a home is more likely to injure or kill a family member than to thwart an intruder. I call BS on that. According to the advocacy group Every Town for Gun Safety, a left-wing gun-grabbing cabal of communist bastards. So you know it's not true. At least 110 children ranging in age from toddlers to teens have picked up a gun and accidentally shot someone so far this year. Uh, since Alabama is a hunter's paradise, though, many of my families own more than one hunting rifle. So along with poison prevention and safe sleeping, a common topic is how to safely store those weapons. It's really not hard. Unloaded in a locked cabinet. That's the only way, really? So you couldn't put a loaded gun into a safe that no, no one can get into? The child can't get into? Right, explain that one to me. A common topic is how to safely store the weapons, and as she says, unloaded in a locked cabinet. After 38 years as a pediatrician, I consider my most important role helping parents safely raise healthy, active, bright children, even the most curious ones like Aaron. They're all curious, and you're still a lying hack, and if you were my pediatrician and I read that, I would slap myself for allowing you to have any, any contact with my child. And I would fire you immediately and go to a real doctor. Now, real quick here, let's get into this. See how much time I've flapped my gums too long anyway. I just can't shut up. Just can't shut up. Uh, New York City, a place I hope to never be again. Uh, this is from the OK Corral blog. And believe it or not, the author of this piece is Wyatt Earp. I think it's just a blogger using a handle writer, but let's go with it. There is no one I admire more in American history than George Washington, he says. Bravo, he's our greatest president. Period. A God-fearing man, a war hero, and our first president. On the other hand, there is no city I despise more than New York City. Amen, brother. And he says, I hate them now more than ever. The New Yorkers. By the way, the Yankees eliminated from playoffs. No MLB playoffs, no postseason, damn sure no World Series for the effing Yankees. Good, 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 good. While New York City continues to grapple with a crisis of illegal immigrants, uh, flooding the city as well as consequential need for budget cuts, members of its city council have been plotting some new changes that seek to among other things, delete monuments dedicated to important American figures, such as the father of our country, George Washington. How you doing up there, President Washington, sir, in heaven? You demand. Also on the agenda for New York City's council is to launch a reparations task force, according to Fox News. Oh, God. There has never been a bigger Pandora's box than reparations. I'll get into that some other time. A reparations task force, Mr. Earp writes, I can see it now. Sorry, Mr. White Taxpayer, but you need to go for your earnings because African blacks sold other blacks to countries 200 years ago. Sure, you didn't own slaves, but you're going to pay up anyway. And by the way, if you're black and you work and you're paying taxes, guess what? You're going to pay for it too. The City Council's Cultural Affairs Committee is reportedly set to host a public hearing on an initiative to nix any type of city property that depicts a person who owned enslaved persons 
or directly benefited economically from slavery or who participated in systemic crimes against indigenous people or other crimes against humanity. So anybody that owned like a, a, sa a car and it had a Save the Whales bumper sticker, because that offends me, I think I need some cash. This set of standards would, of course, mean that figures such as European explorer Christopher Columbus and America's first president, George Washington, would probably have their statues removed throughout the city. Who are you going to replace the statues with? Maybe Karl Marx, Frederick Engels, Lenin, Stalin, John Lennon, another communist. Uh, and by the way, severely overrated, McCartney and George Harrison, far more talented than John Lennon. Who treated his son like you know what? Uh, in cases where a work of art is, is not decided to be removed, the Public Design Commission, the PDC, will be made to oversee the installation of an explanatory plaque beside the object. We really do all live in kindergarten now, don't we? Yes, because New Yorkers are, are too effing stupid to understand all the good George Washington did for this country. Thankfully, noted American historian, Mayor Eric Adams knows better, and he's going to school those morons on how terrible Washington I have no idea why anyone would want to live in New York City, let alone the state, considering the policies forced upon you. I have no idea why anyone wouldn't be packing their bags ASAP. And with that, the Daily Gator Daily Thought mini edition is uh, is going. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow, most likely. Y'all be good. Take care. Go Gators. If you're left, you're just ain't right. And God bless America. And peace out, you freak.